a violent wind blew. Filling the house where the disciples gathered. Tongues of fire fell. Rested upon them. The Holy Spirit had come. God's power shone. Thousands believed. The church was born. Today, God is still pouring out his spirit, amen, to comfort us, teach us, guide us, empower us to share the good news to help others see and believe. Amen. 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 Finally, I took Gail, got a mic. Praise God. <laughs> yep, it's on. Hi, okay, can everybody hear me? All right, it's Pentecost Sunday. So glad to see everybody out today in your red. So before we begin our sermon today, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for the words you have given us today. Thank you, Lord, that you are touching our hearts and speaking to us, God. Move us from where it is to where, from where we are to where it is you would have us be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So what's the title of our sermon today? Look in your bulletin. The day of Pentecost. Happy birthday, church. Take your neighbor, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, wonderful. So tell me, what is, we just watched a wonderful video. What is Pentecost? Tell me, what is it? We just said it. Birth of the church. And what happened on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came down on the people. Praise God. We were just singing that song just now. Glory to his name. How many of y'all felt the Holy Spirit when we were singing that song? Hallelujah. Amen. Um, the, so the day of Pentecost is when the people or the believers... The church, not the building, the people, the believers are known as the church, came together in the upper room. What had happened was Jesus just went to heaven. And now they were figuring out what was next. Tell your neighbor, what's next? Well, in that video that we just saw, what happened on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came out. Describe what happened in the video. A violent wind came down, and what else? Fire, tongues of fire, 
And there were about 120 people in the upper room that day. Um, and they all came from different nations all over the world. At that time, the world was a lot smaller. They called it the ancient Near East. But from all over the world, it had to been about 10 nations represented in that room. So I would say there's probably, I don't know if there's about 100 people here, but imagine that we are in the upper room right now, okay? And we all have 10 different nations. Now, I know a lot of us done our ancestry, and we know that we come from different nations, praise God. So imagine that you are in that upper room, and all of a sudden, a violent wind, not just a wind, a violent wind just goes in through this gym right now. Imagine that. I'd be like, what is going on in here? And then all of a sudden, fire shows up in this room. Rest it on. <laughs> Pastor Kelly says, it's time to go. <laughs> I'd be right where I got to go. <laughs> Out that door. But this says tongues of fire came, 120 of them for each person in that room and rested on them. Now, if a fire just came down from heaven and just sat on you, what would be your first reaction? You'd be like, oh, my gosh, was it stop, drop, and roll or what? Uh, do you think you're going to catch on fire? But what happened that day was that people began to talk and people began to understand them in their own native language. Now, at that time, the common language was Greek. But everybody was not from, you know, that area. So they came with, from their own native lands with their own native tongues, and they all began to start talking about what was going on. And everybody could understand what was happening. Now, has anybody ever witnessed that before? Or have anybody ever heard somebody speaking in a different language and you uh, were able to uh, decode what they were saying? Or how many of y'all speak another language? <laughs> okay. How many can speak two languages? How many can speak three languages? Okay. Well, there were 10. Okay. Miss Beach said she can speak three languages. How many can speak four languages? Not many of us. Okay. Reverend Nacy speaks four languages. Can you speak five languages? Whoa. <laughs> Six languages. Praise God. What are they? English. French. African languages, yeah. Korean, praise God, wow. So, but there were 10 different nations there, remember, Nancy, so they got you beat, okay? <laughs> they were understanding 10 different languages, to put it in perspective, okay? So 10 different nations were represented there, and it was a big miracle. How many of you can understand that if 10 different nations were here? You can understand what everybody was saying that's definitely supernatural. That's not a common thing, right? It's not common to speak two languages or maybe three, but not ten, right? Um, and so some mocked them and said, oh, they just full of sweet wine. That's all. They just drunk. But Paul, Peter took a stand that day and he said no. He recalled the prophecy of Joel in the Old Testament where it says, Acts chapter 2, we can put that up. Acts chapter 2 says, and it shall be in the last days, God says, I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, 
and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I love how descriptive, thank you very much. I love how descriptive that scripture is. He said, all mankind. And not only does he stop at all, he goes on, uh, the scripture goes on to say, men, women, young, Oh, even the slaves, different categories of people. Not just, you know, how sometimes when Jesus did the uh, miracle of loaves and they said there were about 500 men or something there like that, they're just counting the men. They're not counting the women and the children. This says men, women, young, old, and even the slaves. Slaves weren't counted back then. You know, even in America, slaves weren't counted. Three-fourths of a person. Okay, that's another topic. But... This is being very descriptive. Everybody's going to get the Holy Spirit. Everybody, imagine everybody in this room getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We witnessed that about five minutes ago when we were singing glory to his name, right? So the Holy Spirit filled that place and rested on each one of them. There was one spirit for each one of them, each one of them, each one of them. And then the church was born. Why? Because the Holy Spirit anointed that place. Amen. So the believers had gathered, but God is the one that created the church. Hallelujah. It was the Holy Spirit that filled the place that created the church. Hallelujah. It's one thing to gather. Okay, I'm going to start preaching now. It's one thing to gather, but it's another thing when you're gathering in the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's another. It's one thing to come to church, but it's another thing when you're seeking God. It's one thing to come to church and look nice, but it's another thing when you got something to do for God, when you have a purpose for God, when you want to hear what God has to say. Hallelujah. When you don't just come, you have a purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't just come to church to play. We don't come to church just to look nice. However, we do look nice. Amen. We don't just come to church to be fancy and be seen and be well thought of and say, oh, she was at church on Sunday. Did you see her on Sunday? What was she singing? That's fine and good, but we're here to serve. Take it over. We're here to serve. Take it over, neighbor. We're here to serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the scripture says, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, okay? And the tongues of fire appear on each one of them. And I like how it says that because God is a um, giving God. When God wants to give us something, God will pour out. He won't just give us a little bit. He gives us, he's a, he's a God, a running over God, a more than enough God, El Shaddai. Um, uh, you know, he gives us more than enough. And um, so God, there's other examples when God is pouring out. God gives graciously. Um, um, for example, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, um, God had began some new priests, a new priest um, system. And Aaron was one of the first priests. And Aaron and his sons were anointed with oil. Now, the scripture says that the oil was not just put on their head. It wasn't like a little dad what we do. Uh, where's my oil at? It's not just a little dab like how we do when we pray, okay? Like, you know, like a little cross. No. It was dumped out on their head, and so much oil was coming down that it ran off their beards. Amen. So God wants to not just give you a little bit of the oil, not a little bit of consecration, not a little bit of anointing, a lot of anointing. Amen. Not just a little bit, a lot, more than you can handle. Um, I like what it says in Malachi concerning tithing. 
um, God said, test me in this and see if I will not open a window from heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain. Hallelujah. How many of you know that you cannot beat God giving? How many of you know that you cannot beat God giving? You know, there have been plenty of times where I didn't have enough money to pay my bills. And I would come to church and I would tithe. And God, every single time, would not only pay that bill, but give me more money and more money and more money and more money. Hallelujah. If you really knew that, you wouldn't be struggling with tithing right now. If you really knew that, you'd get excited when Pastor Kelly gets here. It's, it's offering time. Hallelujah. It's offering time. Hallelujah. So, Because you know that when you give, God is going to give back to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You give God the first and the best of everything, your life, your gifts, your time, and your talent. And that's why we come to church. I'm preaching today. Hallelujah. 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 God pours out. Another example, Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. That means I am blessed beyond measure. So God, when he wants to bless us, he don't just give you a little bit. He gives you more than enough. He's a running over God. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus had just went to heaven and left the disciples alone. And they're like wondering, okay, what are we going to do now? So Jesus was just died, buried, raised on the third day. Okay, now what? Okay. Uh, but Jesus commanded them to wait for the Holy Spirit because he said after he died and was raised again, he would, God was sent to comforter and that was the Holy Spirit. So that day was when they received it. They didn't know when. It was going to be five days, ten days, a week, a month. But that day, how many of y'all can just wait without having an expectation date or a, a time limit? Or you can just, when God says to do, how many of you first of all can do follow directions the first time? How many of y'all can follow directions the first time? Okay. Take some of y'all back to grade school, okay? They teach you this in elementary school. Follow, tell your neighbor, follow directions the first time. Follow directions the first time. Somebody going to receive that today. Hallelujah. When God says to wait, you have to wait. And a lot of us do not like to wait, do we? But um, when you have to wait on something, no, especially when God tells you to wait, God has something good for you, right? Right. God has something good for you. So uh, good things come to those who wait, as, you, as we have all heard. So God may have told you to wait for some things. Hallelujah. Keep on waiting. Tell your neighbor, keep on waiting. Some of you wish you had waited on some things in your life. Hallelujah. Keep on waiting. Tell your neighbor, keep on waiting. Now, our wonderful emeritus, Pastor Toby, has given us 50 things the Holy Spirit does. I just love her. So, I didn't even ask her to do this, but she did it. So, what does the Holy Spirit tell us about, what does this passage tell us about the gift of the Holy Spirit in this passage? It tells us that the Holy Spirit is one promised to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is worth waiting for. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes as God wills, all right? Not as we will. We have to wait on the appointed time. And the gift of the Holy Spirit can come upon not only individuals, 
but also groups. There's some things that I like on here that it says um, the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. The Holy Spirit leads us. Uh, number 14, the Holy Spirit anoints us for ministry. Hallelujah. Uh, the Holy Spirit, number 15, washes and renews us. The Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. Uh, number 26, the Spirit enables us to obey the truth. Oh, I like that one. The Holy Spirit enables us to obey the truth. Hallelujah. Some of us have a hard time obeying, but when you follow the Holy Spirit, it becomes easier. And uh, I like what it says here. Ooh, 47, the Holy Spirit cast out demons. Anybody ever seen a demon get cast out before? Oh, it's a it's an awesome sight. Now, I've learned in seminary, you don't want to engage in these types of things unless you know what you're really doing, okay? You do not want to be looking up on YouTube. Do not do it because sometimes what you watch on tv is transferable in your spirit amen sometimes that stuff in the music on the radio on youtube will get in your spirit the spirits are transferable okay but you can see them on youtube now now i'm not saying to go look for them okay but they're there uh we've seen um pastor rick actually i think i was gone that son of a pastor rick cast out a demon right in the sanctuary he was on the ground he cast that spirit right in front of the podium how many of y'all remember that day? Okay, well, it, it exists, okay? It exists. Um, and we've heard all kinds of things. And one thing I like is that the Holy Spirit moves us and gives us direction for our life. So what do you think the purpose of the church is? What is our church purpose? To love others, teach the Word of God, and for Christ. Hallelujah. Keep going. What else does it say there? Let me pull out my bulletin. Therefore, as a covenant partner, others to come and join me in worship, I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship. Oh, wait a minute. Stop right there. <laughs> How many of y'all are part of a small group Bible fellowship? It should be every person in this building. Okay, keep going. I will serve in the ministry. Stop right there. Are you serving in the ministry? Are you helping out on Sundays or during the week? Are you helping out doing hot meals or things like that? Uh, supporting the Vikings when they have tutoring and things? Oh, praise the Lord. Keep going. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings. Oh, wait a minute. That's another one. How many of you tithe today? Uh, praise God. If you didn't, tithe next week. Tithe later on today. Give something, a dollar, two dollars. We was all taught to give a dollar in church, right? Give something and watch God multiply that thing back to you. Hallelujah. Keep on going. I will, uh, I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Give yourself a hand clap for that one. Good job. You know our church purpose. Praise the Lord. So that is our purpose, to share the word of God and also to do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. That's all we really can do here. So um, the believers, they came together and they were on one accord. Why? Because Jesus just went to heaven. And they know at that, they knew at that time they really needed God. They really needed some help. They really needed some direction. When we come to this church, on our mind should be, I need God. 
I need to hear a word. I need the Holy Spirit to fill my life. I need some kind of direction for this week. You don't just come to church to be cute and to sing. And we come here for a purpose, to know what God is giving us, and then also to go out and do it. Praise God. So we come with a purpose, to be filled up. And we are blessed when we give God praise during the week. And not just here at church. Our purpose as a church, the people, is to go out into the world and show that there is a God. To let our light shine on our job, at school. Even kids can do this. Amen. Um, The sooner we recognize we need God, the better. The sooner we recognize we need God every single day, every hour, we will be a lot better. Hallelujah. We don't have to be perfect to be a church. Hallelujah. Take your number. You don't have to be perfect. Take your number. You ain't perfect. <laughs> you ain't perfect. Amen. <laughs> we need each other, though. We need each other. We have to give out grace like God gave us grace. Amen. Our purpose is to come together and seek God. Not the building, but seek who? God, we are to lift and encourage when we're sad, when we don't have a way. Yesterday, we had a funeral uh, at Corey Methodist Church, and a little girl uh, was shot by a stray bullet, and it was just the saddest thing. But I can tell you this. I have never been so happy in my life to see so many children in that church. People need to know that there is a God. When things happen that we don't understand, we need to know that there is a God, especially our children. Because, you know, I, some of y'all know I lost my niece when she was 10 years old, and that was 2018, I think. But what gave me comfort is that she knew God, and she knew how to pray. And before she died, she prayed. She was talking to God that day. That is giving me comfort. You know, we don't know where our kids going to be at all day, every day. All you can do is really pray. Just give them up to God. So bring your kids. Somebody going to receive that. Bring your kids to church. Hallelujah. Because we don't know what's going to happen to them. I was so happy to see so many children getting up, praise dancing, reading the scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, I was just crying. It was sad, but I was just so happy to see kids reading the scripture at church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to have youth day coming up real soon, by the way. So, <laughs> so uh, God anointed that place. And God gives us direction for our life when we're sad and we need direction for the week. Um, and the sanctuary, praise God, is where we come together. We're in the gym today, but the sanctuary is where we are together and where God anoints that place. Just because we're not in a physical sanctuary does not mean we're in a sanctuary. We're in a sanctuary right now. It's a dedicated place. And not to knock people that are at home and not to knock people that, uh, you know, I just have church at home by myself. I mean, that's wonderful and everything. But something special when you come together with a group of believers and you feel the Holy Spirit in that place. There's a purpose for the sanctuary. Hallelujah. We are here for a purpose, a dedicated space where there's not any food. You know, there's not any distractions. There's not the phone ringing. It's a dedicated worship place where God anoints it. And so they saw miracles in that place. You know, we see miracles in here too. Have y'all seen some miracles at church? Have y'all been prayed for and received a healing? I have. 
I can't tell you how many times I just wake up in the morning in pain, don't know what's going on. But people pray for me, and sometimes I feel those prayers. That is a miracle. That is not natural. That's supernatural. We see things happen, okay? And God will sometimes preach a sermon through your life. You won't even be talking about God, but God will be talking to somebody else about you. God will be talking about somebody else about you and about God. Just living your life and just going out there. So we know what our church purpose is. We know what happens when we get the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, not just a spirit, the Holy Spirit, okay? And now what is the church like? Well, in the scripture, the church was multinational. There were at least 10 different nations in that one room. I know a lot of us, we tend to gravitate to what we know. Okay, praise the Lord. However, the church is supposed to be open to everybody. If we, I love what our church purpose says. I will love all those who enters our doors and accept them in our midst. How many can actually say that when we have a visitor, that you are accepting them in our midst? Okay, we're getting kind of quiet now. We need to learn how to do ministry at church. Hallelujah. Do ministry at church. Make people feel loved. Um, and it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, in the Old Testament, interesting, there was Pentecost. Um, the Holy Spirit came on certain people. But now it says everybody is filled with the Holy Spirit. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So, also, now in the Old Testament, what happens is... Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> but they saw miracles. Um, and then also in the uh, New Testament, the Old Testament was when uh, Pentecost was 50 days after the Passover. And the Passover, how many of y'all know what Passover was in the Old Testament? That's when they put the blood of the lamb or the doorpost because the death angel was coming to do a plague on the Egyptians. And the death angel would pass over the homes of those with the blood of the of the lamb how many of you know that jesus christ is the blood of the lamb in the new testament and we have received hallelujah the holy spirit on pentecost so that we have been filled with grace um and also we jesus christ died for us so the death angel passes over us when we believe that jesus christ is our lord and savior amen so what do you expect when you get to church? Well, at church, you can expect converts. Lydia, if you can put that up, please, uh, Acts. Lydia was a first convict, uh, convert. And it says, let's read this together. A woman named Lydia from the city of Tiatria, I don't know how to say that, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, hallelujah, was listening and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Stop right there. A woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God. How many of you want to be known as a worshiper of God? Yes, that just spoke to me. I mean, when God says you are a worshiper of God, you are a bad mamma jamma, okay? She was a worshiper of God, and she listened to Paul as he preached. And I like how it said the Lord opened her heart. Some of us with churches wonder, well, how are we going to have new people come to our church? How are we going to grow our church? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? 
The scripture says the Lord opened Lydia's heart. The Lord is the one who calls us together. The Lord is the one that opens us up to listen to God. We are all called to the body of Christ. It might not be new life at Calvary, but it might be new life at Calvary. Hallelujah. God calls people to this church and as well as other churches and other churches and other churches. This church is all up and down Euclid Avenue, all up and down 105, all up and down St. Clair, all over Cleveland, all over this world. But the point of the church is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God calls us together to know about Jesus Christ and to receive that Holy Spirit. This is the work of God. You know, I love how those old school churches, they say, um, this is... uh, New Life at Calvary Presbyterian Church, where the <laughs> pastor is um, Kelly Sullivan, and um, uh, where we, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, where the main attraction is Jesus Christ. I love that because they want you to know that they mean business. We're not here to look good, Amen. We're here because we want to know about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the main attraction. Hallelujah. 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 So the Lord opened her heart. The Lord was the one that did the work. The Lord called Lydia to the church. Hallelujah. We can try to get people that you dating to come to church. Hallelujah. But if God don't open their heart, they ain't coming. Praise them. (laughs) Your children. You might want to get your children and your family to come to church. But guess what? If God don't open their heart, they ain't coming. But God will open some of our family members' heart because what happened to Lydia, let's finish reading that scripture in Acts, verse 15. Let's read this together. And when she and her household had been baptized, wait a minute, that was powerful right there. And when she and her household had been baptized. So when she got baptized, guess what? Her whole family got baptized. I don't know if she made them. Or I don't know if the Holy Spirit drew them in, but I think they all got baptized. Amen. And she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Thank you. So that says a lot right there. Um, Not only did she get baptized, she shared her faith. Sometimes God will talk to other people about you, you know, through you. God will use you as a vessel, and you don't even know it. God will change your life and people will take notice that you know what you don't act like the person you used to act like a few years ago um or they'll try to still call you the same person you was years ago but they'll see that you ain't that same person no more amen when god when the holy spirit comes into your life there is a change that happens i love 2020 it was the best of times and it was the worst of times A lot of people died that year, but a lot of people turned to God that year also. A lot of people got direction for their life, clear direction for their life, and began doing new things. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you have no choice but to change. Um, I like what it says. Yes, I like what it says in in our Old Testament scripture. Our Old Testament um, scripture says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in their old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. When you are doing something good, when you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, something is going to change about you. How many of y'all have that testimony today that people will say, you didn't change on me. You don't do the things that you used to do. What's going on with you? 
keep loving those people. Amen. But guess what? Keep planting yourself right here at New Life at Calvary. Hallelujah. Plant yourself. And if you're not planted the church, that was a good time to plant. Jesus said, say not there are four months and in the harvest. Look up for the harvest is right in front of your eyes. Can I tell you that God can do a harvest in your life whenever God want to do a harvest in your life? It don't have to be fall. The Pentecost is like a harvest. Hallelujah. It represents the first fruit and the Holy Spirit is a gift that is given to us. So what do you expect? Expect converts. Expect your family to get converted when you join the church. Hallelujah. And not only was she baptized after that, she immediately began doing good, sharing her faith by hospitality. She was serving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She was serving. Hallelujah. At the church. Or she was serving at her home. But she was serving. Next, what happened? The second um, act scripture we have, there was a woman of divination following after Paul. And um, he said... uh, uh, she said, um, these men are bond servants of the most high God. So people will recognize that you are a child of the most high God wherever you go. And on top of that, um, she said um, she was a woman of divination and that her masters were making money off her because she was a fortune teller. And she said, hey, these men are legit. They serving the most high God. Hey, you ever try to walk into a room real quietly and everybody just kind of put you on blast? Um, you try not to be noticed. You try not to be noticed, but somebody always, hey, how you doing, such and such? The Holy Spirit will do that to you. Amen. When you go into a place, when you walk into a room, you have a light. I don't know if you know this, but you have a light all over you that people can see. And the darkness don't like the light. The light also likes the light. So God planted us to flourish and not just to put light on the hill, but also to bear fruit, even in our old age. Some of us know in your old age that you start waking up with pains that you don't know where they came from. It take a little bit longer to heal. Hallelujah. You can't do what you used to do when you was 25 years old. Praise God. But when you are planted in the house of the Lord, you'll still be doing that same old running like you was when you was 25 years old. Hallelujah. Some of us, some of us. <laughs> That's a miracle. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. <laughs> you will do things that you used to do when you was a kid. Hallelujah. God will do a miracle supernatural. In the natural, you shouldn't be doing uh, what you used to do. You shouldn't have the energy or the strength to do what you used to do. But God will sometimes bless you even in your old age. Hallelujah. Moses was a uh, hundred and was 80 years old, I believe, when he went, um, he, he led the people out. Have you ever seen an 80 year old man just doing stuff? Hardly, hardly, hardly. Uh, Mr. Jackson is a rarity. Thank you. You don't see that all the time. Mr. Jackson is a rarity. He comes to church every Sunday. He don't like being at home. Praise God. He served. If Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson, how old are you? Mr. Jackson, how old are you? 90? In your 90s, right? 93. If Mr. Jackson is 93 years old and still want to come to church every Sunday and still want to serve every Sunday on time, 
Pascali want to preach now. <laughs> Early, every Sunday, on time, serving. What does that say about you? You should be serving at the church. Hallelujah. You should be serving. And you can. Because God equips us with gifts. We all have our own gifts. Now, I can sing. All of you can't sing. But it's okay. You have your own gift. You have your own gift. The little girl, Abby Abriana, her gift was serving. 14 years old, they would buy the food and cook the food at church and serve it to the community. That was her gift. Some of y'all can dance. Some of y'all have the gift of, of gab. Uh, some of you have the gift of finance. I don't, but some of y'all do. Use your gifts. Use your gifts. Amen. Take it number. You have a gift. Use it. Praise the Lord. So, like Paul, when God pours out his spirit, expect there to be converts in your life. Expect miracles. Oh, yeah. And Paul, he exercised the demon out of that woman. Now, she was, okay, now we know some of these people. I ain't going to say no names. But we know some of these people. They got some spirits on them. I ain't going to say no names. (laughs) No, no, no. But there are some people in our lives who do have some spirits on them. And they may they do recognize that we have the spirit of the most high God. We they do recognize that we are serving God. However, uh Paul was very annoyed by this woman that kept following her, and he recognized that she did have that spirit and he cast that demon out. Now Jesus said, Some of those miracles are a little bit harder, like casting out demons. Cast out demons is a really hard thing to do, okay? But it's scripture says the demon coming out of that woman immediately, okay? So when, uh, before Jesus died, he says, um, greater works than these you shall do. So Jesus, whatever Jesus did in the scripture, in the gospels, expect those things to happen and even greater things to happen in your life. That is the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. That is the power and the change of your life. How many of you are happy to be a part of a church today? Hallelujah. How many of you are going to start serving today? Hallelujah. All right, we're going to start asking y'all, so how y'all going to serve at church this week? And I need an answer, okay? Because if you're not working, if you're not, um, if you're not really, if you're not serving God, what are you doing? with your life what are you doing god has given us a gift and god's gifts they coordinate with our purpose in life and another major purpose in our life is to know god to love god and to teach the word of god today is pentecost sunday the birth of the church born by the holy spirit and if you don't have a church home we welcome you to new life at calvary or we welcome you to join wherever god is calling you to join in jesus name amen now let's pray Lord, we say thank you for another Pentecost Sunday. We say thank you, Lord, that you are putting fruit in our life because of you. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, Lord. And thank you for fulfilling scripture, for fulfilling prophecy, not only in the scripture, Lord, but also in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you have a harvest for us today. Thank you, Lord, that you want to do something new and get and bless us abundantly today. We say thank you, Lord, that you are giving us guidance for the week, healing, believing in you, Lord. We just say thank you that when we believe in you, we can do anything, God. We ask you to just come into our lives and those who are unchanged, 
church, Lord, are unsaved, we ask you to speak to their hearts right now, God, because you know when that harvest is, God. We say thank you, Lord, that you will put that seed in their heart to join the church, to be a Christian, to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we just say thank you, Lord, for the harvest in you. We ask you, Lord, to continue to bless us this week and bless our church. Help us to go out and serve and do your work, Lord, and serve with our gifts, God. We just say thank you, Lord, that you are in control. You are the head of our church, God. And we say thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. We give you the first of everything in our church, Lord. We ask, we humbly ask you, Lord, to continue to bless our church, God. We say thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. And we ask you for every need that is needed today, that we receive those blessings in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. 